Yo, Wimpty Podcast, this is Jared, we're back. Uh, my guest today is the Siren Voyagers, uh, uh, better known personally as Danica Lowry and Melissa Joyner. Uh, get to talk a little bit about how to travel on the cheap and all that kind of stuff. They also have a book coming out, uh, but we'll get into all of that in the podcast. Uh, just some cool things coming up. Uh, uh, Continuum has their 1,000th show on Thursday, October 19th at McGuire's. Uh, ladies drink faux free. And uh, it's going to be a good time. So uh, if, you, if you're listening, it's going to be today, really. Uh, if you're listening, get out there. Uh, and then also uh, we have the Meguiar's 5K coming up. It's going to be on October 28th, the best 5K ever. We go run 3.2 miles, and then we drink our asses off. And we, uh, we, yeah, we, and, you, and every, almost everyone's in costume. So it's a good time. So uh, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Keep, keep the emails and comments coming. And, uh, and we'll, we'll, we will address those in order. And uh, please welcome the Siren Voyagers. All right. Here with the here in the Wimchy studio with the Siren Voyagers, uh, Danica Lowry and Melissa Joyner. What's up, y'all? What's going hey. on? Hey, thanks for coming in. You guys were we were supposed to have you in here, uh, what three weeks ago, I believe, and Man. we had a little mishap there. <laughs> and yeah. it was funny, a- funny stories <laughs> that I actually locked myself out of my house on my way here. My keys right. were hanging inside, and I was like, oh, no, deja vu. It's happening again this like, time with me. I was like, I'm not calling him and telling him. You tell him. I, uh, but thank God I left my side door unlocked. So yeah. I was able to just, like, run in and do a circle and come back out. Yeah, that wouldn't have been good. <laughs> <laughs> that, wouldn't have worked, that wouldn't have worked out so good for us. Because last time I was locked in my house because yeah. my roommate took my keys, so... Yeah, well, sweet. Uh, good to get you in here. You are you are known as the Siren Voyagers. Whoop, whoop. Um, let's let's just get right into it. Tell tell us about tell us about the all encompassing vision and and all of that of the Siren Voyagers. Do you want to start? Okay, so when I first moved to Florida, I played with a bunch of different musicians, and then our paths kind of intertwined, and I started hanging out with Danica and. Literally, like, one day on the beach, I was like, oh, I'm going to Belize. And then before you know, I was like, hey, I want to go with. And without even, like, hesitating, she was like, okay. So, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm making the story quicker. And so an apologetic called her husband later to tell him that she's now going to Belize with me. We just kind of, like, really started talking about all the cool things that we could do, you know, with traveling and music. And it kind of, like, spawned this, like, friendship that we have now. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because in a lot of areas in life when you have two people who do the same thing it's either competitive or different things and it's just not like that with us because we both have such different things outside of it so with the siren mm-hmm. voyagers we decided to bring all those things into it like we did our first charity event together this last year we've played gigs together now we've mm-hmm. played in other countries together i mean what started out as like a beach day has now become like this huge way of life for us yeah and uh she used to play with my brother and it's <laughs> Apparently, my brother Ben, who mm-hmm. we're, in a, we're in a band together, he, he had like tried to plot us against one another. He had told her that I didn't like her, and he, we were getting ready to go on tour. And he actually texted me and was like, "I think that I might actually go on a cruise ship with Melissa and go play in Australia." And I was like, "Well, you're actually in a musical contract, and we're going to go on tour, <laughs> so that, this know. isn't going to happen." I didn't know any of this, by the way, you know. But uh, so it was actually really funny because I think that whenever we were going to the beach together, we were both a little bit nervous of how it was going to turn out. Yeah. Because we didn't really know each other. We were just like, oh, let's hang out together because I could really like you or I could really dislike you. (laughs) And I need to know because it's ambiguous right now, but I need to make a decision. (laughs) I actually told my roommate that day, I was like, well, we're both very strong, passionate women. So either we're going to be best friends or we're going to hate each other. Yeah. Like a lot. But we didn't. Yeah. And then we, and then we loved each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And and now we're like Romeo and Michelle. So, so, (laughs) so brother was trying, was trying to cause a conflict from the get go. Because he was scared that we would conquer the world. Yeah. So what happened? Did he, but he he liked her. uh He denies it now. But I think that's the reason why I don't, 
you know, now that we're friends, I think that he's like, yeah. doesn't feel great hanging out with her anymore. Yeah, we actually don't play together anymore or talk anymore. It's kind of sad. But yeah. So what? So did he end up going on tour with you, or did he end yes. up going and playing? He, the yeah, he went on tour with us. Okay. He, he quit talking to me completely. Damn. Yeah, but I remember when he sent me that text message. I was like. This girl's gonna die. This bitch is gonna die. Woosa. This redhead is the devil. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna kill one of them. Yeah, probably both. This is gonna be, this is gonna be a bad situation. So, no, but yeah, Yeah. we ended up going on tour and it was fun. And and um, uh, back home, I had created this thing called Songs That Save, and I had done a couple different charity events to raise money. And I'd always get local musicians to come and play, and I would get 501Cs to give them tax write-offs. So Mm. I wasn't just asking my friends to play for free. And then she met this family that she's like really passionate for. And, you know, when we were in other countries, we saw all these things that we really wanted to do to help and that we saw that we could do to help, especially through music. Mm. Because it's one thing to see it on the news and to be at home comfortable to watch it, but it's a whole other thing to, like, be there and actually see and experience the need. And then she met this family that she wanted to help, and that kind of brought our friendship to a whole different, like, philanthropic level because mm. now not only you know do we have, like, jokes and talk shit and, like, do all this stuff, but now, like... Our friendship's actually beneficial. Yeah. And that's before even we figured out. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> it was beneficial before. Yeah, but to us. But now what I mean is. <laughs> Maybe to other people. You're like, to other people. Now that there's a business aspect, I can be friends with you because no. it benefits me. Now, what I meant I was. I know. So, benefiting other, so, I mean, but we got more enjoyment out of just ourselves. Yeah. Because at this point, we were just traveling and like, I can't yeah. believe we're actually here, here, and here. Mm. And then at some point, helping those people became, how can we shared this because it felt criminal almost that we were not sharing it. Rather than just taking the trips for our own benefit, like eventually we want to open up our own nonprofit Mm -hmm. and we want to like bring musical programs into underprivileged schools and stuff like that in other countries and stuff. So that's one of our goals. And we're starting the ball on that now, but man, the father wants to see paperwork is awful. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, there's such a, there's such a big difference between, um, between people just saying stuff, for example, you know, like we're thinking about like thoughts and prayers and stuff versus action. Right. Actually right. doing stuff, you know. And um, I mean, that's just like with, with me, with uh, with the festival I do every year, Bojams, with, uh, for, for Planting Peace. You know, we've raised like 50K yeah. for like Planting Peace over the last four years. That was fun. Right. And that, yeah. And that's just because, you know, it's, it's one of those things like we can talk about doing things all day and we can raise awareness for it. But until mm-hmm. you actually do some sort of action Right. Um, you know, your feet on the ground doing doing actual shit. And nothing changes. Aaron's such a cool yeah. dude too. Like on yeah. our first tour that we went on, we actually went through Kansas and stayed at the the Equality House. Yeah, so them. did we. We stayed yeah. there too uh, with cool. the Continuum and, uh, kids. Yeah. yeah, and so we got to hang out with them, and that was a fun time. But um, he's and been they super came to helpful too. And... Like on Facebook, anytime I've asked him, like, well, hey, you know, we're trying to do this and this. You so. know, he yeah. used to live in a homeless shelter before yeah. while he was trying to help orphans. And that was just like, mm. like reading about that in the paper. I was like, oh my God, this guy is like, yeah. he's the real deal. I will say he's that's cool what's been the most shocking is how hard it is to help other people sometimes. Like, yeah. you know, like even with the Virgin Island thing, cause it's like my second home. I go there mm. in the winter. You know, just us getting to, oh, nice, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, what, what? But like just, you know, the stuff it takes to get it together, the locations, I mean, it's, people don't realize like how hard it is to actually do this stuff. And that's why, you know, not to be too nice to you because it'd be weird, but that's why (laughs) I like working with her because Mm. before, when I first moved out here, I'm a little bit of an overachiever. Like where most musicians work like two or three gigs a day, I'm working like seven because Mm. I have something to prove. You mean a week? A week? Yeah, two or three gigs. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I think all of you are overachievers if you're doing that. I'm a slacker. Can you find find me some of those 45 minute gigs, please? (laughs) On a cruise ship, on a cruise ship. But no, but when I met her, like, for me, she was out there, like, working just as hard and doing just as much stuff. And so, like, when she tells me that she's going to meet me halfway or do it, like, I know that it's actually going to happen. Whereas other people, like you said earlier, just want to say they want to help people. I think that that's what I was going to come back around to is that when you were saying that in order, it's so hard to help people because people just want, like, that they're the conveyor belt, like, keyboard activists. They're just like thoughts and prayers like you mm-hmm. said we hope that you're okay share this meme or whatever bring awareness but it's yeah. like you literally like you're not doing anything like yeah. put strap your boots on lace up your boots and get out there and do some shit yeah. right. you know so and it's hard it's hard like that's why it's so difficult to plan things because it's hard to get people on board with you yeah, yeah. you know well, to do it. and a lot of times it takes money 
I mean, oh, yeah, realistically, yeah. It, t- it takes a lot of money to be able to help other people. Mm-hmm. Just to build a, a 501c, times. it's like yeah. $800 if you make over a certain point or $500. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I was like, whoa. So the reason that we want to do that, though, um, is because we're traveling and we're going to see, we're benefiting from all these other countries. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times these countries that we're going to, then we're, that we're like submerging ourselves into their culture and their resources and enjoying the natural beauty of that habitat and stuff. And then we're just, we're going there and we're not giving anything back to Mm. them, you know? So, um, it was really, um, a heart conviction for us to want to bring something that we're passionate about there too, if they want it, you know? Mm. So that's why we were like music programs. That would be, you know, that I wish, you know, I mean, music that, saved my life. Like literally, I know everybody says that, but like, mine I too. think about it and I think about like where I came from and the rest of my family and who I am now. And I wouldn't be as successful. I probably wouldn't even be sitting in this chair right now had it mm. not been for music. Mm-hmm. And just to give you like a little picture, like in Belize, I mean, there's kids if they can't pay for kindergarten, they don't get to go. Mm-hmm. Right. So not only do they not have music, they don't have access to an education. And so it's like, if for me, music is what made me feel like I was worth something, and it made me feel like there was some mountain to climb. Mm-hmm. And so for us, all this crap hours and all these things that we put into it, if we can make one kid feel like, well, it's worth studying that extra hour, or it's worth doing this, because one day, even though I'm from this small place where I can't do anything, that music might take me there. And so <clears throat> that's really, you know... Yeah. So you're incorporating that. In, so, so basically the idea of Siren Voyagers is not... Because I know uh, when we spoke... Uh, a while ago, the idea of Siren Voyagers was basically uh, to show people how to travel for mm-hmm. for cheap, right? And, that, and, and that's part of it because you know traveling on an artist budget is, is is difficult. And a lot of times we meet people and they're like, you know, what the main reason why they don't travel is because they don't have money. Mm-hmm. So we can show them how to do that on, you know, a tight budget, like yeah. you know. Well, just like music gives all these kids wings that we're wanting to. That's basically what we're trying to do with people on travel yeah. because mm-hmm. like. You know, working, like, I literally left Fiji as the cyclone was coming in. And so for me to see how little those people had there and how simple their lives were, it made all the problems that I had, even though they were huge at the time, seem to not matter. Because for them, having a roof, having their family, and mm-hmm. having that job was everything. Yeah. And for me, I was like, I would have never experienced that had I not been there. And when I came home, I got rid of everything and downsized. Yeah. And I realized that all the crap that I had meant nothing. And so, well, and it controls you too. Mm -hmm. Like, it takes up so much of your time, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And by us teaching people to travel the same way that music helps these kids, we're helping people to free themselves. Mm -hmm. So, literally, it's all, you know. Yeah. But sometimes those people that we feel like they have so little, but half the time they don't want anything else. You know, like when I was in Nicaragua and I was going through the jungle out there and I was seeing, seeing people like, literally in a hammock with a tent over it and that was their house and they were just like so happy and I'm Happier talking to the them billionaires here. Yeah, yeah and I'm talking to them they're like we don't need anything else we mm. want to be with the elements like we're not poor we could build a house if we wanted to but we just don't want to we want to mm. live in the elements we want to be one with the us. earth yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and then they feel sorry for us and I'm like whoa and this had is you, <laughs> this is crazy like and had and this is a traveled, change of perspective right yeah. and had you not traveled you have never felt that way and it changes who you are now as a person mm-hmm. So we're just trying to like, give people that option because mm-hmm. all around us, I mean, 40% of people don't have a passport. Mm-hmm. So that's 40% of people who've never experienced anything outside the lines of the U.S. Yeah. That's 40% of people who don't know what it's like to wake up and not have the same things. I mean, mm-hmm. it completely makes you grateful. I remember the first time I left America, I was like, hell yeah, F you America, this is great. I'm mm-hmm. in Europe, this is awesome. But then I'll never forget that like sigh of relief when I stepped back over the border and I was like, oh, back in America. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you need to experience that because yeah. I know we said we're not talking about politics and I'm not. But when you get caught up in all the bull crap and all the struggles that we think are so bad about living here, sometimes it's hard to remember that there are things to be grateful for. And then you leave and you come back and you're like, oh. Well, you think about what you said that this certain percentage of people don't have a passport. They've never been outside of the country or whatever. You know, you have... Um, I heard that too. You have all these people that have like no, they have nothing to compare anything Mm. to. Like they have no perception of anything outside of what they've experienced. And um, so. (laughs) We just, uh, real quick, we just had an interruption. We just had a knock on the door. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I I rent an office from uh, 
from the other end, That's and right. apparently someone's trying to deliver something to the other end. So. <laughs> That's funny. We just signed for some beer. Long story short, 10%. though, is like I have always been open-minded, and I think, and I'll, I'm proud of that because of music. But then once I started traveling, it's like religion, sexuality, cultures, like every little thing that normally would divide us, divide that would no longer exist to me because like I. I know that someone could argue with me, but when I see people, I'm like, man, what's your story? Where are you from? Mm. Well, that's, that's the thing is it. that, like, what I was saying is that all these people that haven't been outside the U.S. or even maybe outside of their region in the U.S., you know what I yeah. mean? Like, they they have no perception of, and, and it might not be their fault, but they, they don't really have any perception of, like, what the, any type of community is outside of where they live. Yeah. So... You I know, think that's especially rings true for our area. Yeah. And yeah. being in the, the Southeast, just in mm. general, you know? Well, I mean, there's a lot of places and not just like, you know, and in, in older generations, even in like the Northeast or something who've never been outside oh, yeah. of wherever their mm. little town is, you know? But you, when you turn off the news and you get outside and mm. you meet people, whether it's in, you know, the neighboring community or even if you fl- go outside of the country, but you meet people and it renews that sense of community that the media has snatched from us. They've mm-hmm. snatched it from our humanity. They're trying to be know, divisive. They're, yeah. They're being us. divisive. They're yeah. trying to like plot us against one another and they're, you know, but when you turn off the news and you turn off the TV and you get out there and you talk to people and you meet people and you have that energy exchange with them, you find that there are more good people in this world than the media wants you to and know. I'm so glad There's you said that. sense of community yeah. is renewed whenever you go out. Yeah, because you're taught to be scared, especially as a woman, you're taught to be fearful of all these different things. It's like, and another analogy I'll use is when you're a hiker, like when you pass someone on the trail that's like a, a legit hiker too, you always say hello and you always say hi. It's almost like a way of life, same as surfing, skydiving, anything. But travelers kind of have that same sense of like wonderment and like people loving because they don't care where you're from. Mm-hmm. They want to know like where mm-hmm. you're going. And I feel like too many people here that don't travel get too caught up from where you're from. And they don't want to know where you're going. And so for us, the reason we started writing this book is for as little as like $300, which, you know, we'll talk about more in our book. But like life changes, small little things that if you decide it's worth it, can get you to other countries. I mean, literally, like there's this one bottle of perfume that I used to buy all the time. It was like a hundred and something dollars. That's the same price as going to Puerto Rico round trip. Yeah. So for really? me, you yes. You to Puerto Rico for a hundred and something dollars? Dude, I'm telling you, that's why we wrote this book, because everybody would see what we were doing and be like, <laughs> We actually crap? put a line in the book that was like, now, you know, we've got to be realistic. realistic. I can't get you to China for like... 300 $150 mm. or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. And then I was like, well, I wonder how cheap I could actually get the tickets. And I looked it up and it was like 200 And I was like, so $50 more you could get to China for $200. Right. Yeah, wow. Like, I'm telling you, the, like, we have this... System. This method that we came method. up with and but it's also a we life can change find too. the absolute yeah. cheapest tickets oh well okay let's get into that that'd be better because <laughs> that could benefit me so. <laughs> well, so and the thing is too and our book is so much more than just a one-trick pony because we literally talk about like how to make life changes because for so many of our friends without naming any names like we've wanted to go on trips and the reason we end up going alone so many times is because our friends are like, oh, I don't have the money. And I'm like, mm. are you freaking kidding me? Don't go out on the weekend. Don't buy those $100 jeans. Don't buy these things. Because it all comes down to this one saying, if it's worth it, you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. If it's not worth it, you're going to make excuses. And all I'm hearing is excuses. Yeah. Just like that saying where everyone says you make time for what you want to. Mm-hmm. Like when, when everyone's always like, I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time. Just tell me you don't want to fucking we're do so, it. Because we're so right. conditioned here. We're, we're fucking consumers. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. it's like you see stuff in travel magazines and people just think that they'll never be able to do it, you know, but yeah. then, they're, then they're like, okay, but I'm going to buy seven coffees this week and also right. go shopping. Well, <laughs> and know? we talk about in our book, one of the funniest things is I no longer, like when I, before I started traveling and before I really started driving, I would see money and, well, I can get this for this or this for this, or this dollar has to stretch now. Like, I, my brain has completely rewired it. Like, let's say I'm going out somewhere and there's just really pretty dress and I really like it. I'm like, Melissa, that is half a ticket to so-and-so. That is half... I see my entire <laughs> life now in plane tickets. And it's it's dangerous because my entire inbox on Facebook, all my ads, all the Big Brother stuff they used to keep up with us, it's all travel stuff. And I literally have to call Danica like once every month. like, Danica, tell me no. Just tell me no. <laughs> tell me to step away. You know? But the thing is, 
if you don't make the lifestyle changes that we've made mm-hmm. and you make travel a priority because it's a self-enrichment, it's loving yourself, it's something that you need. Mm-hmm. And notice I say the word need, not want. Mm-hmm. Then you make time for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then it's something you budget for. And we need we need people. We we need people to go out and get cultured. We need people to expand their horizons. Yeah. We need everyone to go out and experience different cultures and things. And I think that's only going to, comp- uh, you know, like it's going to increase compassion and empathy for other types of people. That's what we need. You know, we need people to get out and go travel, even if it's just traveling to the next state. And, yeah. That, and you know? That's really funny. I went to, I was in New Orleans this weekend with my brother and I was talking to him and I was just like, man, just... Uh, just with the amount of traveling I've done in the last year and a half, just whether it's being on tour or my, my brother travels for his business a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So I'll fly out to meet him wherever he is. And, you know, like just in the last like six months, I've been all over. And it's just it really is crazy because you can go to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. You can go to New Orleans. You can come here to the Gulf Coast. Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. And then you can go to Michigan and and Nashville, Tennessee. And you really, feel, I mean, it really does feel like you're almost in five or six different countries. Mm-hmm. And the people are so yeah. different, too. It's just beautiful about America. So, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're a big country, and mm. we're so diverse. And that's the one reason why our politics are so fucked up. Yeah. Because we're, <laughs> we're so big. You look at some other countries, and they're like like a fifth of the size of what we are. Yeah. You know? But I'm not just dumping on America. You know, in our travels, we meet a lot of other people who think that all of America is Alabama. Or all of America is New York City. <laughs> I mean, when I worked on the cruise yeah. ship, literally everybody there thought that I was a representative of all of America. And I was like, first of all, no. Second of all, I don't know Forrest Gump. Third of all, you know, <laughs> like, this is, you know, but, the, but they don't see it as that. Like, the, what's beautiful about America is what you simply just said. You can cross the line and be somewhere completely different. The music scene where I'm from in Gulf Shores, Alabama, is completely different than it is here in Destin. And that's what two hours different, mm-hmm. or thirty a, and two mm-hmm. hours and thirty minutes. I mean, night and day, and that's that little bit. So all we're wanting people to do is to like close that divider, mm-hmm. you know. And but the thing is, what we don't want is for people to make excuses that don't need to be excuses. We are blessed to be women in two thousand seventeen who have the right to travel. You know, right. in some countries a woman will be arrested if she's out at night without a a man with her. So I am grateful for America. And people hear me talk about leaving America all the time. And if you're listening that, you know, don't think I'm not appreciative of it. Doesn't mean we don't love it here. We Mm. always come back, you know, but But we do want to see diversity. Right. I feel like it's our responsibility as musicians with a voice who have a platform. I mean, I can put on Facebook that I picked my nose. It's our responsibility as (laughs) citizens of this world to see all the rest of the world. Yeah. And I think what's cool about what we have going is because she has her art and yoga and music and her philanthropy stuff, it's like we have a pretty large avenue of different people who come into contact with us on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's put us in the line of fire now that we've, we've come to experience that too. But it's also, like, given us a platform to reach out to people like, hey, look, that job that you hate, that life that you're living is so miserable. Like, when I was a little girl and we were extremely poor, if you would have told me that at 28 or 29 years old that I'd be able to play music for a living, travel the world, and wake up, and if I wanted to be in a different state, I could, I would have never believed you. But because I took life and took control of it, and because we've found ways to make it affordable, when people come to me and say, oh, I just can't afford it, I have no sympathy. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. And that's what this book is. I mean, simple things. That... They think that they think we make so much money, like being an yeah. artist. No. Like, we, you know. I literally, like... No, yeah. like we have budgeted for it. And that, what's so cool, though, is in our book, we basically like walk you through like, you know, I don't want to give away too much, but the simple things of how to get a passport or how to like start your journey. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many people don't know how to do it. Like we both got our passports in completely different ways. Mm-hmm. But if you go to Google and type it in, it's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. All this stuff. So basically we've spent almost a year now compiling research and doing all these different things to put it in a funny, mm-hmm. personal way. I mean, like, we tell stories about where we messed up. I mean, we fuck up all the time. Like, I can't wait for your mom to hear this podcast. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> I mean, and John Mason Smith and people from my church. But anyway, we mess up all the time, you know? John, we do. Who's John, do. who's John Mason Smith? He's like my pseudo dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, like, really cares. and's like, there. He's like my rock. But like we do mess up, we me- we still mess up, and we've been yeah. traveling for a yeah. while, and we still mess but up. But that's why this book is so hilarious. Like I was telling her, the thing that I'm so proud about this book is as I'm reading it for me, because I read a lot. It's like 
a good book is when you're having a conversation with the book and you feel like it, you're in it. Mm. And like the way that we've written it is so personal and so real that, you know, it's, you're not going to go make a $170 mess up because we just did it. And you're going to be like, Oh, remember those girls did that. We're not going to do that. Yeah. But we're we're not embarrassed of it because we want people to learn from it. So is the uh, is the book finished? Almost. We have one last chapter to finish. Okay. But a lot of times, and I was talking to someone about this the other day, is like travel is definitely like uh, an Instagram trend and stuff now. So people will go places and they'll pack like yeah. they're hiking Mount Everest and they pack you know like a dress. And, yeah. You know, yeah. and they put the dress on up at the top and they're taking photo shoots and stuff. And I think that's wonderful. It's great. But, but then you've got people who are like, but I really want to like hike Mount Everest. How do I do it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I need, I need, I don't want to see just your picture and address at the top of Mount Everest. Like I want to see what you did, like along the way, how you messed up. Did you yeah. fall? Who, what, what like, organization did you use to mm. do the trek? You know, like real world Make stuff. it tangible. Yeah. yeah. Not, not like packing a picnic and then setting up a photo shoot at the top and, and then just taking a picture and giving it to people. Well, mm. even like, be like, we the, did this yeah. and they're like, great, but I want to do it too. How the fuck do we do it? Yeah. <laughs> we even have like helpful lists and different things. Like literally, like I'm sure you saw on Facebook, I randomly decided to go to Iceland for two and a half days cause I'm crazy. And so I literally somehow managed to fit everything into a personal bag for Iceland. You know, and that's all because of the conditioning that we've had as travelers and the yeah. stuff. So I found myself going over the list of things that we have used to teach people how to travel light. And I was able to get rid of so much crap that I don't really need because yeah. we've broken it down. We've been to different climates, different countries with everything. I mean, we, it's so, so much So I go more to Iceland a, for two and a half days. Because I love it there so much. Yeah. So, um, so I'm assuming that, like you, you probably had to drive to Atlanta or something uh-huh. to fly out. How long of a flight is it? Uh, well, <laughs> I flew to, I drove to Atlanta, then flew to Boston, then from Boston to Iceland. And uh-huh. It's like five and a half hours. It's not five Total hours. flight time? Or from, from Boston. Fi- from Boston. To, okay. Mm-hmm. So just and then from Atlanta to Boston's only like two and a half hours to yeah. three hours. So like a, like a nine hour travel day. Yeah. It's worth it. And then you spent two. I was there for three do, days. Now, do you have friends there now yeah. that you can stay with and shit? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Because I know you guys went to Iceland like a year ago, right? A year yeah. or two it's ago? It's like. I guess mm-hmm. I told her earlier, and I don't care who you are. Just like my secret lover. Like, there's something about that place. Like, when I get here and I have writer's block, and everything is so loud and so clouded in my head, I go there, and I just sit there, and I'm still. And there's there's something about it. It's just the vibrations of it are different. Mm. The people are different. It's just, I don't know. It's like breathing in air for the first time after being in a city it's for a long time. It's because they all look like you. You're a Viking. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> it's because you're with your people. I am short there. Every time we go somewhere, she's like, we try to go back and forth. Like, I'll choose a place or she'll choose a place and we'll go back and forth. And she's like, I always know that you're going to choose South America or something. Like Central America or South America. What is that noise? Just. I think it's kegs. Um, yeah, um, people moving kegs. And I always like European countries. I love the architecture, the people, the the feet. I love it. Yeah. So we, we go somewhere where I fit in, like phenotypically. And, and then, then we'll I'll go somewhere where she fits in and I'm like the sore thumb. And everyone in Iceland's looking at me like, she's got brown hair and brown eyes. No, okay. Uh, when we went to Belize, I was getting catcalled all the time because they were like, she's not one of us. But then we went to Costa Rica. She's over here like fitting in with the local speaking language. And I'm over here like... Batman signal going. Ur, ur, ur. <laughs> oh, I love it though. Yeah. So didn't they? Uh, didn't they film like Lilyhammer in Iceland? Isn't there like the, that Netflix show? I don't Lily know. Hammer? The uh, Lilyhammer's in Norway, right? Is that New Zealand? Yeah. What's the, they they, they did the Norway. one movie with um, Leo DiCaprio, and they filmed it in Iceland. That, okay. I don't remember which one that one's called. The the. Uh, the one where he gets mauled by the bear. Oh yeah, that oh was Iceland. That. that one? Yeah, I rented it and then yeah. fell asleep. The Revenant. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. Because yeah, we were we saw we saw a bunch of trucks that had like his face on the side of them. I'm like, I guess that movie was filmed here. Yeah. <laughs> God, I just that trip alone for us was the first was time fun. that we went anywhere that we didn't. Because like I studied opera in high school. I went to school for opera. I've sang foreign languages my entire career up until now. That so doesn't thought, mean that you actually speak them fluently or understand them, though. <laughs> That's what I was getting to next. So we get there. I, I remember that word from <laughs> Ave Maria. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, it's not that. Yeah. But, so I won't tell. I'm going to tell this story no! because it's so funny. Right. This was so funny. But make we, sure you make the person that helped us sound respectable because it was. 
Well, no, I'm just gonna I'm gonna tell the story about whenever we were in the coffee shop and those guys were speaking to us in German. Oh no 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 yes. no no yes no. it's so funny I have no. to tell it yeah then you have fine. to tell an embarrassing one about you too okay I will all right. So we were, we were sitting in this coffee shop in Iceland, and oh, these two guys, yeah. these two older men, they were, they were probably like in, in their 70s, like mm. they were older. And um, they, <laughs> so embarrassing, because I'm saying German. They, they were sitting so behind long. us, and we were talking or whatever, and... Um, they looked at me and assumed. I guess, yeah, they assumed, and they started speaking German, and they asked, like, you Sprechen know... Sie Deutsch. Yeah, they asked... And, and my brother speaks a little bit of German, so I know just a tiny, like, I know what that is. And and she goes, I've got this because I can speak German. And she goes. Say a subject verb agreement, okay? She I goes, just messed this up. She goes, sprechen Sie German? <laughs> and I was like, in my wait mind, a second. I was like, Deutsch is Dutch, not German. And I was yeah, like, no. I can't, I can't I make like, this you... sound better. It is what it is. And I was I like, wait up. a second. I was like, you don't, you don't even know how to say German in German. <laughs> but, but yet, I can have many other conversations and like do all this other stuff. Like, I yes, I messed that moment. And up. I laughed so hard, and I actually had to like pull up a map and be like, look, Deutschland is yes. Germany. <laughs> yes, she she was right. And then I on the wrong. way out, oh, I God. couldn't figure out how. Like, I'd never driven a Volkswagen before, and so the first time I had driven a Volkswagen, like I've I've had stick shifts like all I got my life. This. So Melissa piped down. You've never driven one before. When we, when okay. we had to rent the car, I was the one doing the driving because I can drive a stick shift and she can't. But then that's fine. But I couldn't figure out how to put the car in reverse because so. the only stick shifts that I had were either you take it all the way to the left and take it up, or mm. you take it all the way to the right so and take best. it down. So tell them what you did to your best friend. I was making, I was putting the car in neutral and making her push us out of parking <laughs> spots. And I couldn't figure so out how to do it. On so the finally, second time, I was like, Danica, I'm not doing this She anymore. had a moment of like pure brilliance. And they're, I love you, they're few and far in between. But Ditto. <laughs> The, the clouds parted and God showed him down. And oh. she channeled his spirit and said, what happens if you push but before she, it straight down? Before and I was like, is that a thing? On. She was like, Melissa, I got this. You've never driven a stick shift before. And I, was I don't like, think I said that. You did. I don't think I you said You did because I remember going. But anyway, I pushed it down and it actually like went down and in reverse. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then we, yeah, and she figured that out. But what's are, that the, are the driving rules the same over there? They're, Different side of the road. There's a lot no, of you know, it was it wasn't a different side of the road. Sorry, I'm mixing up England. Never mind. First world It was problems. the same. They have um, a lot of turnabouts, so turn, they don't have Yeah. The turn the roundabouts, roundabouts are like everywhere. There's no stop signs or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. And then you get like we got behind some people who had I apparently never used a roundabout before. Oh, God. And like yeah, that was And they told scary. us to leave our GPS in Icelandic because otherwise we'd never find anything again. Well not like we need had any help to begin with, you know. Remember when we got lost looking for the Northern Lights and our GPS yeah. was of no use? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we weren't really lost, though. That's true. We were found. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we we yeah. found all kinds of things when we were found. <laughs> yeah. We, we uh, during the daylight, we found this really incredible vista and um, <laughs> it was right next to a waterfall. And I had the name of the waterfall because I took a picture of it and I had a t- like a, a location stamp on my phone. So I punched it in. We couldn't find it. We were driving around for six hours, like in the wilderness of Iceland, like trying to find the Northern Lights. And finally, I'm like, look, I've, I have to pee so bad. And I'd written a song about it. I was like, we cannot leave until we've seen these. <laughs> we were so far out in the wilderness. Like we had to pull over on the side of the road and like pop a squat and pee in front of a bunch of sheep. <laughs> yeah. And you don't know where the cliffs begin or end. So you just so, got to be careful. Then finally, I pulled over on a vista and turns out, it was the same vista that we had been looking for for six hours. And I rolled down the window and literally like right at that time, like when I'm telling you that we had been lost all night, we weren't actually really lost because we ended up in the correct moment, like at, at the yeah. correct time. Like and the, the conversations that we were able to have, we, it was just, you know. I rolled down the window and right and over fell. the top of the mountains, the northern light started to like bloom across the sky. Yeah. And like I, I started freaking out and I jumped out and I like slipped on the ice. <laughs> so you really have to go to a certain spot to see them? No, no, Actually, no. no, because this last time I was there, it was a complete freak of nature. So I was walking back from one of the local springs and we were in downtown Reykjavik. And for whatever reason, Mother Nature was just more active. And normally, t- it's t- typical to see green lights. But the purple is rare. Walking downtown Reykjavik, it was like 
exploding in the sky. Mm-hmm. And normally you can't capture it in your iPhone, but because the street lamps were there, I was able to capture it. Yeah. But nor- normally it's it's more rare than not, yeah. unless you're in the winter. Except the green is the most common. Then every now and then you'll see like blue, purple, or red. Or yeah, red I lived red. in Alaska for the first like oh, cool. six years of my life. After I was born in Michigan, then from like one to seven, I lived in Alaska and we saw them all the time. Like mm-hmm. I didn't realize. I just thought that's how like life was. Yeah. yeah. Like I didn't realize what I was seeing was like this natural phenomenon. But you know. We yeah. actually got free uh, tickets to go on a whale watching like light tour, so we got to see you know the John Lennon light, which was amazing, but. Just to prove how like on or off it is, we were out there for like five or six hours, and we never saw. And anything. we never saw. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, last night we so got to the Imagine. What is it? The, the Imagine, Imagine Peace Tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Yoko Ono had it built on John Lennon's birthday in remembrance of him in Iceland, and it shines like it's like a huge pillar of light. Yeah. It's like I mean it's yeah. probably about as big as this room, and it just shines like up in the sky, and you can see it for miles and miles. Yeah, but it's sweet. cool. So it's called the Imagine Peace Tower, mm-hmm. I think. So yeah. even though we didn't get to see the lights that night, we got to see something that was, you know, pretty amazing mm-hmm. too. Yeah. But what's cool though about the book is for people who know us or don't know us, there's little bits of our personality all in there, you know. And we do we talk about um, the lifestyle changes and the stuff that we go through, but more importantly, and I know this is like the meat and potatoes of it all, we actually do a step by step with screenshots with of how to find the cheapest plane tickets. Yeah. How to get the cheapest plane tickets. And then um, we've also included um, this really great find that we discovered where you can find every single city from cheapest to most expensive. And it's like in order from cheapest to country. expensive. Every, okay. every country. And wherever. So that so, can kind of like help you choose where you want to yeah, go. Yeah, you're, like, so you're like, I have 500 extra dollars. Where can month. I go? Anything under $500. Yeah. It'll tell you all the countries you can go and to. And you would be surprised. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we literally went to Iceland, Belize, and Costa Rica, room and board, and, I mean, not room and board, lodging and flights for less than 1500 a person. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's three different countries. That's like, that's a that's a uh, plane ticket normally to, like, Europe or yes. something, or, like, yeah. to Italy, you so, know? So my husband and I have always wanted to go to Italy, and we were mm. like, we actually started putting money away to go to Italy because we, we were looking up flights, and we were like, it's going to be, like... It's going to be like $1,500 for a flight to get to Italy. And then after we, you know, fine tune, after we fine tuned this method that we have, I was like, I wonder how cheap I can get flights to Italy now. It becomes a game. Jeez. It becomes a game for us. It's like, hey, Danica, how cheap did you get that for? Watch this, you know? But like my friend and her husband that were married for 10 years, they could never afford to go on a honeymoon. And so, like, even though we hadn't started writing the book yet, like, I really wanted to gift that knowledge to them. Mm-hmm. And so they called us and were like, yeah, we're going to Costa Rica. And so it was that moment, maybe not for you, but for me. And I was like, wow, like they're getting to experience this thing now because of what we found. Right. How can we not And share I have one of my best friends is a flight attendant and um, he, he loves the flight benefits. That's the reason why he keeps his job. He mm. doesn't like the hours. He doesn't like how little he gets paid or whatever. But when I actually showed them how to do this, he was like, I don't even have to yeah. be a flight attendant anymore. Do flight attendants really get paid that shit? Like, it's... It depends. Seniority, what company you're with. Right. I mean, yeah. same thing yeah. as working on a cruise ship. It all yeah. depends who you get hired by, when you get hired by, what you're, you know. And it's cool because they can fly on standby. But, you know, like I've I've used his flight benefit benefits before and I've got bumped for two weeks in Nashville like and I couldn't get home you know and these are these are the perils of flying standby like if there's if a a plane is oversold you're not going to get on it yeah and also you made a really good point that I'll bring something else attention to it's like also you've got people who are like oh I have to fly first class all the way to Australia well, we're not going to be able to get that ticket for yeah, four dollars. We're definitely not. A, we're not going to show you how to travel, well, travel like, in luxury. I feel like that's not what that's about. Yeah. I mean, that's not. I but we're not crapping it either. Yeah. I mean, we went to the Blue Lagoon, which is like a five-star resort. You know, yeah. Yeah. because we save so much money on our flight, we're able to do things like do that. Do other things, yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, basically, all we're trying to say, and you know, I'm speaking for both of us here, is that it is possible if you want to do it. Mm. You know what? Like, when I went to Iceland this last time, I was stuck in Boston for four hours on a layover, you know? But it was worth it because my ticket, you know, the Atlanta ticket or whatever, was super cheap. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what? So okay, when you finish the book, then what comes What comes next? Do, do you have a publisher already in mind? Do you self-publish? Like, 
So How it's going to be work? an ebook. So we're going to uh -huh. self-publish it. Yeah. Um, that way everybody can take it with them. Because that's the thing about traveling. And it would be almost hypocritical at first. You can just download it on yeah. your device and mm -hmm. take it with you. Because yeah. the information we have is so useful. Like, it's literally applicable for different things. So if you're, like, sitting there at the airport, like, uh, you can look at it. Like, bam. Yeah. So what, you just put it on Amazon then? We might put it on Amazon and have it available through Kindle, but I think um, at least for the, maybe the first few months, we're going to have it available directly our through our website. Okay. Through download. So we have different publisher friends who want to look at it and yeah. you know, different things, but we just haven't, we have to decide to do what's best for us first. Yeah. So we just yeah. need to make sure that it stays organic to what it is we're trying mm -hmm. to do with mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So. And I think it's a pretty valuable resource for people to have, especially for people who think that they don't have enough money to travel. And I, we just, like, want to bring it to their attention. That, yeah. yeah it, I mean, you could ha literally have, you know, so you can, you can like make $100 a, a week and you can still travel. Right. Yeah. Will it be, like, a PDF or something? Mm -hmm. or so, yeah. so you just go to the website, you pay a, a fee, whatever you guys decide. Yeah, the and then I'll down, download it directly PDF. to your... Mm -hmm. And the thing is, we've been asked to hold several classes, and instead of, like, charging, like, a ticket to come to the class, it's so much easier if you download the book, mm -hmm. and then we can come and have, like, Q&As about it and different things. Because, yeah. I mean, we've got people contacting us all the time, hey, can you book this trip for me? <laughs> or, hey, no, but we'll show you how to do it. Right. Yeah. You know, or, like, hey, my friend that I haven't talked to in five years, like, I see you're taking all these trips. How do you do it? You know, it's like, <laughs> so we had, even though, that, even though we're all about, like, organically sharing things with people, it's like... You have to put the mask on yourself before you can put on other people too at some point. So we wanted to find a way to help us travel to more places to share more yeah. experiences. It's like with more if people. we if we want to open up this nonprofit or whatever, we're gonna have to monetize our information. We can't just like give it away. Yeah. You know, and that's the it people, takes money people, to help people people are like, Well, why why are you why don't you just give it away for free if you're you're really want to help people and it's mm -hmm. like well because we don't want to shoot ourselves in the foot yeah. because it costs money <laughs> you know? to help people really yeah we yeah, want to help it. we want to help people travel but mm. more importantly we also want to help some of these countries that we go yeah. to so this is definitely a way to monetize but it's it. been so much fun writing this book like i also want to write like a shoot off like just all the bad horrible funny things that have happened and, like <laughs> i really yeah. do like it would be so funny yeah just like a travel memoir of comedy yeah. yeah, I mean, things go, not to do. Going back to the, like the mixing the music with nonprofit thing, and we even talked a little bit about about Aaron. You know, um, he has a couple orphanages in Haiti. You know, mm -hmm. those kids get uh, several hours of music classes. Mm -hmm. oh, like they're like they're like, but they they're like fucking like an orchestra. Yeah, oh, like wow. they're playing so, like fucking violins. I, I, and, I used yeah. to sponsor one of the kids in, <clears> down there, and I got his profile or whatever. Mm -hmm. But That's so cool. I was sponsoring him for like five years, and he he was, I think he was playing the keyboard or something i can't mm. remember but he was that's so cool yeah, yeah i want to I've, I've talked with aaron a couple times about the idea what we want to do is like like get a band like you know um get a band and then like you know how like metallica did like the snm thing where they had the symphony play with metallica yeah. or whatever like even mm. stuff like that um but basically uh team all those all those all the orphans bring them over here as an orchestra like a 10-piece orchestra mm. and have them back a band kind of thing and that do a little so tour cool. and then all the money would go to opening up other orphanages so it'd be like right, orphans amazing. coming over here to play to to open other orphanages yeah. and it's so. all been like a weird universal 360 thing for me because i taught for one year in the mississippi delta and i was miserable just being honest and so i tried to figure out how to do what i wanted to do like helping kids but in a different way because if you know anything about education you learn that the government school system really makes it really hard to truly help people. And so because I have a degree, I wanted to create a fellowship or some kind of like plan to take a music program or an art program into all these different schools and teach them how to incorporate music and art in their regular lessons. Because what's happening is these schools are being, they're losing their funding for music and art. Mm. I mean, I taught a whole lesson on English sentence diagrams by the Blues 145 scale. You know, and the kids loved it. And so, but it's harder to do stuff like that in America, which is mind-blowing. But for the things that we're wanting to do by bringing music to other countries, it's so easy because they're so thirsty and they want it and they, you know, they mm -hmm. they don't have it. And they're so grateful. Mm -hmm. And so while I still don't want to lose the sight of the things I want to do in America, it's easier once you have all we these things We can also do it here. Yeah. You know, I mean, we can we can definitely bring some music. But it is a testimony to like how stuff. hard it is sometimes to do things here versus yeah. other yeah. places. And once we have the clout, you know, and all these things behind us in other countries, it's going to make it so much easier for us to then to do it here, which sounds backwards, but that's just the reality of it. Mm -hmm. And as someone with a degree, that's what I've seen <clears throat> happen five million times. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. You, I, I hear you mention having a degree a couple of times. I had to work my ass off to get mine and then Not started my own yet. business and I actually like have no use for it. Really, The that? only thing it really did was it made people take me serious. It made like, it gave me opportunities that I wouldn't have had. It says that you wake up otherwise. at eight o'clock in the morning consistently. That's all a degree is these days. Yeah. And that you'd like being poor for several years. Right. You know? I, I keep <laughs> trying to sell my degree, but no one will buy it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. I wish I could sell mine. You know, those people that are hacking yeah. all the Equifax and stuff. I'm like, why if all these people who are so smart and they're hacking stuff, why has no one hacked the student loan? organizations yeah. why has no one cleared that out do us a solid i don't care about this other crap hack the system <laughs> get rid of taxes I, now see i have mixed feelings on the student on the whole student loan thing because i was very physically responsible with mine i, I just paid off my student loans i only took out like five thousand dollars worth of student loans yeah. but that's all but also i didn't get to take out 100k to go be a fucking lawyer like, I took out right. 5K because I knew I was right. going to get a degree that was manageable for me. I didn't right. want to be paying, you know, six-figure student loans off. Um, but, see, so, like, you are responsible. But it's crazy, yeah. like, as a teacher, for me, halfway through my degree, it was basically explained to me that if I don't have a master's, it's the equivalent of now having an undergrad. So they yeah. tell you while you're in school that you have to have all these add-on classes. Mm-hmm. So even though you managed your money and your loans, you were smart, Halfway through, it's like, oh, now you have to have this, and you have yeah. this. Well, that adds on money. Mm-hmm. So my loans, it should have been twelve thousand, or now. Well, like I dropped out of college 000. to play music. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, and that's what I'm doing you now. Yeah, the right idea. Yeah, for you're sure. smart. I, I wish... dropped out twice <laughs> <laughs> to play music. I wish I would have used my student loan money for instruments. See, I was I was playing music, and then I stopped, and then went to college, and then just did. I decided I didn't want to play anymore. I went to college for art, and I was like, what am I doing? Okay, my first degree was in art, and I was like, wait, now wait a second. I'm going to be poor anyway. (laughs) How do you think think I feel? I went to school for opera. Okay, can we just all take a second for that? Then I dropped out, and then I played music, and then I was like, oh, well, I'm comfortable here on 30A. I have pretty lucrative music career going. And I'm like, I'm going to go back to school, and then... So that's when I took out the student loans because I went to school for nutrition and fitness and mm. whatever and um, alternative medicine. And then I dropped out so I could go on tour and then I never went back. See, I was an But then screwed. it didn't matter because then it made it easy for me to get my personal trainer certification yeah. and my so nutrition certification yeah. or whatever. Well, my mom married a musician, so I was innately screwed because she was not about to let me just go straight into that. She's like, listen, I don't care. If you want to do music, but get a freaking degree first. Yeah. So I didn't even play guitar in college. Like, I literally... Went to school for opera, became a teacher, came home, was bartending because I couldn't find a teaching job, and then I watched these musicians come in, and I've been surrounded by it my entire life, and I was like, man, they can do that, I can do that. Someone told me I couldn't do it, so I bought a guitar and learned to play guitar. And then I think to myself all the time, I was like, if I had learned to play guitar before college, I would have never gone to college, yeah, because I would have used all that money for student loans for equipment, or mm-hmm. I would have realized how much money you can make as a musician. And done the math and realized that even though it's sad, you make more doing that than you ever do as a teacher. You know what they say, teach your kids to love music and I'll never have money for drugs. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah well, especially... Or teach them to travel. Oh, yeah, right? I think we actually put that in our book, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, um, is there an ETA for, for the book here? Are we talking like like a month or two? Or well, we pre-sale talking? will be before. Well, we're going to try to... Uh, our release date is planned for Black Friday, the day yeah. after Thanksgiving. So. Okay. Well, let us know when you get uh, when you get ready to put it out, and we'll put it out on all of our like social media, all the Perfect. all the whatever Thank it means to you, social cool. media yes. stuff, and put it out there. Try to get some more stuff. Do you have? Do you know what price you're going to be shopping it out for yet? I don't remember what we agreed on. We have everything like written down. Yeah. I think it's like nineteen ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So super affordable yeah. then. Yeah. And and then there. are... You know, for the for the amount of information that you're getting in it, that's going to save you thousands of dollars in airfare. Mm. It's totally worth it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we see all these things on you know, because again, Big Brother. Once you start traveling and writing about it, all these ads start coming on your Facebook. It's all these people selling like way less than what we're doing for more, and I'm like, that's bull crap, you know, because you actually look at it and it's nothing. And then that's why we were so passionate about making sure that our book had everything in it. Yeah. So. Because it's our first time doing this, too. We want to be taken seriously. Yeah. Speaking of those ads, I'm, I'm convinced that they're listening to us They now. are. That's why I keep saying I don't think brother. it's just typing in. Because uh, mm-hmm. like, uh, at our house, me and my wife, we keep, uh, um, we keep Ezekiel bread 
in the refrigerator. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, they, uh, the place we went didn't have Ezekiel bread, so we got this. It was like a different brand, but it still started with the E. I forget what it was. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, like she bought it, and I was like, what the hell is this? This isn't Ezekiel bread. <laughs> and then I swear, like I got on Instagram, and like three ads down was that fucking bread that she just bought. Oh like this my offshoot God, thing. And yeah. I, like I had net, like there's no way I could have ever Googled it because I had never seen it before. I wasn't. Like, it wasn't a thing. And it was, like, the third ad down on my Instagram. That's scary. Yeah. That's why I keep saying yeah, Big Brother, because I was at my friend's house in Purdue Key, and we had heard about this new medicine. We were just talking about it. No phones, no computer, sitting in a room around a TV, okay? Yeah. Literally, you know, when the computer, the TV goes on rest mode, and you have, like, the little ads that go by? That medicine name started popping up as an ad. Yeah, they're listening. See? They're listening for sure. If you can talk to Siri and so, Google so Home, get your passport and, so and leave it out now. Out. <laughs> that way you get have a way line. out when the shit hits the fan. Yeah. Uh, God, yeah. I have to say, I know we said no politics, but I have to tell this funny story. We were leaving Iceland, and in the bakery, it had Mr. Sad and Miss Sad, and it was like donuts with Hillary Clinton's face on it and President <laughs> Trump's face on it. Yeah, it was really funny. And then we just sat there and I was like, Danica, we're a fucking joke to people in other countries. Like, and everywhere we went, it's like, you know. It's... Because we're American, people are like, are you a Trump supporter? Yeah. You, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you were supporting. They were just making fun of us. I, you know, I won't so. say what I would have my shirt say because we said no politics. But when I was in Iceland this last time, because this is after the election, everybody came up to me and I was just like, didn't do it. Yeah. You know? So I wanted to have a shirt that said that and, you know, obviously well, didn't. Well, you know, uh, something that struck me yesterday um, with all this, and, and it's really, it's kind of disheartening to see all this, all the, the trend on Facebook lately with the Me Too stuff. Um, yeah. Like, if, if it was worth my time, I know there's several people on my feed that when those 14, 15 women came out against Trump, uh, that these other women who are on my feed were like, that's bullshit, that's whatever, and then they're going to go ahead and post me too. Like, get oh, the yeah. fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? Like, you're going to you're gonna call 15 other women who came out and, and, and said that this man did this. You're going to call them straight up liars right. and all that, but then you're going to come and out that, and say, and if, if it did, and I'm going to give them right. the benefit of the doubt and say it has happened to them. That is you why know? rape culture yeah. will always happen because it's like it's bad enough when something happens to you and you say that it happened to you when you have your own people who want to jump in and question whether or not it happened. But thing is, because we live in a world where people say things happen that didn't happen, mm. to say that something so violent happened to you, for someone else to come and say, no, it didn't, or to bash you about it, like that's a part of the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are the problem. You're raping them too, just mentally with your words. Yeah, for sure. And so for me, don't post something supporting it now because rape is rape is rape is rape. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why when I posted something about it, I was like, I hope this is not just a fad. Yeah. You know, it's okay to speak up. It's okay to quit a job because you don't feel comfortable there. Mm-hmm. And it's not just rape. People feel like, well, I'm so scared I'll lose this job if I speak mm-hmm. my mind. I mean, I, she called me, I made the mistake of posting something on Facebook and it wasn't pro or anti anything. It was supposed it was to be like some comedic relief regarding because everything. Because it was the first yeah. in the islands that I was really personally These upset Zealots from both sides attacked me. Start coming yeah. out. People yeah. that claim to love me, people who claim to care about me. And I was like, this is the problem because if I were raped or if something did happen to me, I would be scared to say anything because people attack people they have no right to. Yeah. Right. And that's the world that we live well, in. Well, and I think the problem, not and. And I'll say this, and then I think we should get on a different train. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> but I think the problem with rape culture and things like that is that even even the term violence against women, it, there's like you say that term, and there's nothing there. Men aren't even a part of it. There's no offender there in that statement. Violence against women, it's just a bad thing that happens to women. Mm-hmm. But men aren't even in there in that statement. At what point are we going to start holding accountable and bringing to light the people who are accused, the people who are offending like the, these perpetrators rather than just having the women come out and being like, I'm a survivor. What, what about the people that are fucking doing it? <clears throat> yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, th- I think we need to get to a point too to where uh, where people can't be afraid to just when it right. when something does happen to, you know, to come out and say mm-hmm. it. And, and also I think what we see a lot of, I mean, you know, um, especially like with this whole Harvey Weinstein thing, like he loses his job and, but you our know, president gets yeah, to stay our president. But, right. but then we have, and it just, and the, it, it seriously, it and just both blows my mind. Transgressions. It's just, yeah. yeah, I mean, the whole thing is just crazy. It, it, this, the, the, 
the evolution of this country right now, the stage that we're in, like, in, in our evolution. Or devolving. It, yeah. it, it yeah. reminds yeah. me of the yeah. scene in Fight Club where he's like, you met me at a strange time in my life. I feel yeah. like we're in a, like yeah. a really strange time in this country's evolution It was like right during now. the election, it was like, I don't think we should pick anyone. I think we should be single for a little while and find ourselves. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's funny how applicable that is, you know? Well, I mean, something eventually is going to have to give. Like, this just... It, every day it's just something different, something different, something different. And eventually, like, we're going to... Uh, man, like, I went to I went to New Orleans this weekend with my dad and my brother. Uh, and me and my brother, our views are were pretty similar, but uh, that they they differ greatly from from my dad. My dad's uh, he's on the he's part of the religious right and everything. And mm-hmm. I have a great relationship with my dad because we yeah. don't talk about that shit. Right, right. right. All right. But also, like, Same I remember. Family. Yeah, um, I remember, and I I know I know I said we wouldn't talk about religion or politics, so this would be really quick. Um, <laughs> we're all like sorry, but like, but my yeah, my. Like yeah, gr- but growing up, uh, growing up, I was of course I grew up in the church because my parents made me go to church, um, and my one year my dad was our our Sunday school teacher. We were Southern Baptist, all right. So I'm sure you understand. I was raised somewhat. Pentecostal. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was raised both of those. Yeah. So, but anyway, my dad like 20 years ago, my dad showed us this video about uh, the Mormon belief and the Mormon structure and all that, and basically how Mormons are a cult and all that, and like they would try to like teach us how to. You know, while I'm in this cult, they're teaching me that another thing is a cult and and how we need to, you know, how to basically witness to these people and all that shit. And uh, and also on that on on the same hand, I remember a year and a half ago, me and my dad were at lunch and we don't like I said, we never talk about politics. But I asked him, you know, and he was like, so what are you going to do this election? I was like, I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. You know, I'm not going to vote for that fucking maniac. And my dad was like, he straight up told me, he's like, I'm sickened. He's like, I am disgusted by this, whatever. Well, anyway, this weekend we were we were talking and uh, there was a football game on and we were talking about Ziggy Ansah, who's a football player who's a Mormon. I was like, yeah, that dude believes some wacky shit. Ha, ha, ha. You know, and he was like, what's crazy about that? I was like, motherfucker, you showed me a oh, video God. 20 years ago <laughs> about how crazy these fuckers are. And then, and then like uh, the same thing. I was like, we have a maniac running the free world. He was like, a maniac running the free world. I was like, you was- told me a year and a half ago, dude was a fucking maniac. You know? And don't I, said, I said, I don't get it. I said, I said, I don't get it. You're just blinded now. I said, just like me. I was like, okay, you're a Republican. So now you feel like you have to stick up for this guy. Just like I'm your child. I said, but when I was your child, you know, we were on the same team. But when I fucked up, what did you do? You got in my face and you disciplined me and you told me what I did wrong and, and you held me you accountable. Out the way that you did. Yeah, and, 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 and you held me accountable. Yeah, but the people, the people that are on his team aren't holding him accountable either. Mm, exactly. So it's kind of one of those things. And my dad, he really didn't have much to say, and I was like, "This isn't going anywhere. We need to shut up." What we do? You're like so. Like we're having a good time. time. Yeah, you know? and and on that uh, note, we need to probably take which, it to a different. Which <laughs> and I have a beautiful way to segue it, but. To be people or ambassadors of our age group, because unfortunately in our age group there are not a lot of people who want to make a change, who want to stand up for themselves, who want to have beliefs that have concrete information behind them. One of the ways to be more well-informed and to be more educated is to travel. Because until you understand how other people perceive us as Americans, you will only have your own original viewpoint of that. And so when you get outside of yourself, and that's in any situation, in anything in life, you realize that your viewpoint is not the only one. That teaches compassion. That teaches you to realize what injustices are here in your own country. It's so easy for us to be like, oh, those poor people in this country. Well, what about the shit that's happening in our country? Mm-hmm. You know? So to travel is to be free. Mm-hmm. Bam. Yeah. There we go. Mic drop. And that's another reason that we write music <clears throat> is because we have these feelings and these thoughts that. You know, I don't know about you, I would imagine it's the same, but I feel very blessed that I have a creative outlet because I would probably go insane. And I just feel that for me, traveling and helping people has now become equal parts those same outlets for me. Mm -hmm. Because if I feel something, I may not be able to say it because I'll have stones thrown at me apparently. But it's funny how I can write it in a song and it's a little bit not as crazy. She, She literally posted like... Come on. But no, she said something 
about, it was supposed to provide some comedic relief about like the political climate here and she was attacked for it. Then she like took literally the same thing and, and wrote, wrote, a poem. wrote it in a poem and posted it and everyone was like, that was beautiful. beautiful. You're so artistic. I know. And I was, I was like, like, what? Well, because a lot of simple-minded fucks don't listen to song lyrics either. A lot, like yeah. even if you like, if you know, there's some brilliant, brilliant things. Unless that it's Kid Rock. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> you just brought us back. Thank you, <laughs> Brought us back into it. Oh, um, uh, but okay, so anyway, um, uh, just before before we go, uh, I know we, I know we have some cool things. I know you have some cool things coming up, Danica, in Nashville. If you want to talk about cool. that really quick, because <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. know. Well, I mean, yeah, you're well, you're in a band now and stuff. No, I was just kidding. You know, I was just kidding. Represent New Earth Army. I want to get Flato in here. Oh God, Flato's one of my favorite people. That would be an interview. Just a, I would need coffee for yeah, that. Yeah, that'd probably go like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. but anyway, Danica, tell me about Nashville and what's going on with that. So my brother and I, um, okay, I'm going to take it back just a little bit. but The same brother that she wanted to kill. <laughs> He's my brother. Do we not always want to kill each other? True. <laughs> <laughs> Better him um, than me. So last spring, uh, right after we came off of our tour, we took like a few months off um, and spent the holidays with our family and stuff. And then as we started to get back into the local music scene last spring, I was, I sustained a vocal injury. I ended up having vocal nodules and I was on vocal rest for eight months to try to avoid having surgery. And, uh, so I did like multiple rounds of steroids, like steroid packs. And I had to kept going, going into the doctor to have like, um, follow-ups and he's like, they're still there. You need two more months of vocal rest. So it was just like progressively like more, more and more vocal rest, you know? And, uh, I was, so depressed, so depressed because I couldn't sing. There was no point in me picking up my guitar because every time I pick up my guitar, I want to sing. I had completely lost my artistic outlet of music, which is my passion. So I just kind of like face planted into yoga. And if it weren't for yoga, I don't know what would have happened to me. But I was like, I was so, it was a very dark time in my life. Like I was crying all the time because I couldn't, I was having to carry around like a, a little whiteboard to like communicate with people. Okay. <laughs> So, well, yeah, because um, I mean, you literally probably have to count every word, you know, yeah. like you don't, you only get so many a day, you know. Vocal rest so. is yeah. the hardest thing you can ever do it's because so, you don't realize how much you sing all mm. the time. Even just like humming or talking, like you no know, whispering, you can't do anything. And uh, so anyway, um, this May, I went back in for another follow up and I finally got the free and clear that I had no vocal nodules. My vocal cords looked excellent and I was cleared to sing again. So I started working with a vocal coach um, to make sure that my vocal hygiene was on point and that I was singing correctly and pulling um, my voice from my throat and resonating in my sinus cavity to keep the pressure off of my vocal cords so that I wouldn't have vocal nodules again. And um, so anyway, Someone had contacted me and was like, hey, this Nash Next thing is coming up. You should submit yourself into it. And I'm like, there's no way. Like, I'm not ready. I just got cleared to sing again, you know. Then, like, over the course of the next week, like, I'm not even kidding, like, six or seven people all, like, sent me the link. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is a sign. sign. Maybe, maybe I should, like, yeah. you know, maybe I should submit some stuff. So I called my brother and I'm like, look, you know, I'm going to submit us into this. What song would you like to do? And I was like, it's a country contest, so we should probably send one of our more country or songs in. Country. And um, he was like, okay. So we did it, and we were they, – they went through, like, the first round where it was, like, fan votes. You had to share your stuff, and whoever got the highest amount of fan votes went into, like, the local level where we perform live. Mm -hmm. And so we made it through that round. We were chosen to perform live. We went to perform live. I think there was, like, four other musicians there, and we ended up winning that. So then we submitted to the video round where we send in a live performance of us and a panel of celebrity judges – our music professionals choose and um, the top ten in the whole nation yeah. to compete in Nashville. And so we were chosen in the top ten of the whole nation. Sweet. So we're one of ten musical acts in the whole country that are going to go on November 1st to compete in Nash Next in front of the CEO of Big Machine Records, which is the same label. That's that like Taylor Swift, Taylor right? Swift. Yeah. Um, his name is uh, Scott Borchetta, I think mm -hmm. is his name. And then like some other unannounced celebrity judges that are like, you know, yeah. celebrity singers and stuff like that and songwriters. So we'll see how that goes. And the winner, the winner gets a major record deal with big machine. Sweet. And yeah. Man, so we'll see. I wouldn't be able to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm, like, I'm really nervous. I've yeah. been breaking out in hives for We're like the last week. We're all going up week. there. We're driving up there to see. Yeah. When is it? 
November 1st. First. November it's at the 1st. Wild Horse Saloon in Nashville. Cool. So, I don't know if we have any Nashville listeners, but are, are they welcome to attend? Yeah, it's, if open, to it's the public, an open event. Open to the public. And um, so, yeah, we're like super. There's nervous. a bunch of us caravanning, <laughs> so if you're from here, just get in touch with one of us. That's awesome. So. I wish I could go. That's yeah. really cool. I know uh, that's probably the label you'd want to be with right now too. Yeah, yeah for you sure. Know, they definitely have they definitely have enough money right now yeah. to do whatever they want with a yeah. lot of their people. So, and the, from what I hear too, they're the ones that give um, artistic license back to the artist mm-hmm. to be able to, you know, co-write co- yeah. on their own songs, dress how they want to dress or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. like they were the ones that. Scott Borchetta was working for Sony, I think, whenever Taylor Swift came in and, like, auditioned for them and they wanted to hire her, or they wanted to sign her, but they wanted to control every bit of her artistic abilities, you know? Mm -hmm. And he told her, you know, if you just want to wait until I open my own record company, then I'll sign you and you can do whatever the hell you want. And that's what she did. She ended up signing with Big Machine Records and then she had her... Best day of his life. Her her hit was, like, what, Tim McGraw or whatever was her, like, first hit and that's what, like, was her breakthrough artist or tears teardrops on my guitar was that it one of those one of those two and then anyway then after that the rest is history now she's like whatever she's the most wealthy woman in the world now yeah i, I saw a stat in 2016 she made it over a million dollars a day yeah do I you know how many people we could help with a million dollars a day <laughs> you know how many you could help with a million dollars in two years <laughs> you know? yeah i was like wait a minute <laughs> shit yeah. Give me a million over ten years now. I know, well, right? Call it a day. Yeah. But well, any, up all the orphanages. Yeah. We're super, we're super humbled though to be com- uh, included in, you know, even the local round. But whenever I found out that we had been chosen for the national finalist, I like, I cried, and, and, and I didn't know that she called me, and she, I didn't know I was on the radio, and I like started uh, like ugly crying, and she was like, the radio host was like, "Are you okay? <laughs> Should we stop rolling?" And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you don't understand, like. I'd, you know, I thought I wasn't going to be able to sing yeah, again. Yeah, especially after the, the last year. Do you have to narrow it down to one song or two? We get one song. Oh, have you decided yet? Yeah, I think Ooh. that we're going to do Gonna Kill Him. Gonna Kill Him. Gonna Kill Him. Is how, like, can we listen, how can we listen to Gonna Kill Him? Is it, is it out? The, uh, is it well, published? The, the studio version of that song sucks because compared to vocally, like what I could do before. Yeah. Yeah, I had a vocal coach, like my, my timbre and my range are so much better now, you know, mm-hmm. and so I sing it better now, but the, so the studio, like the album version of it that we have out sucks, but you can watch us perform it live on our Facebook page. Cool. And, um. A whole new excuse to make a new album. Yeah. yeah. There so. you go. But it's a blessing in disguise because I never would have gotten, I, pr- I was very proud of myself for being quote unquote a self-taught vocalist, mm-hmm. you know, but there was so much technique that I was so unaware of and now I can sing almost four octaves, yeah. which is pretty incredible. Yeah, like I can go sure. from one end of the piano up to the other on scales and like, and my vocal coach is like, I remember when you first came in here and you were crying at my table saying that you didn't know if you were going to be able to sing again. And it's just like a complete 180 from mm-hmm. where I was, you know, even just in May, you know, just to be included in the top 10 finalist in the yeah. whole country is like pretty big deal for me so yeah i was a total crybaby about it well that's awesome that's uh you deserve to really be there big. that's a really big deal yeah that is a big deal and good luck yeah, thank you what two weeks right yeah, yeah. <laughs> sweet where's that what venue is it at the wild horse saloon okay cool cool well awesome danica melissa thank you for coming on siren voyagers you have a website you can tell people to go yeah, visit the siren voyagers.com the siren voyagers.com yeah, and we've cool. got some blogs and stuff coming up and we've been focusing mainly on our book but there's a lot of content there you can still read to and check out yeah, cool from some of our trips and stuff so right and on. our facebook page follow us like us on instagram siren yeah, voyagers we have a little group too that we're trying to put it's called the voyager collective we're trying to get like like-minded people in to share their stories maybe be featured in some blog posts yeah. and stuff like we that, actually so. talked to him about doing one too but like just to get in different people who travel because that way it opens it up to everyone you mm-hmm. know so mm-hmm. yeah cool all right well thanks cool. for coming on y'all thanks for having take us take care yeah thank you